everyone. My name is Anthony Diaz and I am the host of the Pop Health Show and this is the Pop Health Show and I'm really enthused and excited. This show is for anyone that is super passionate about health, well-being, what's happening in the world. Uh, sometimes we have a technology perspective, sometimes we have an executive perspective, a health insurance perspective, but the common theme and thread is always passion about health and the guests on the show are very uh, similar in passion to William Curtis. William has a lot of passion for health. He's doing some incredible things. William is the system director of technology and innovation for philanthropy at Common Spirit Health. He's doing some, some great things. He's done some great things. I'm not going to put too much, uh, too much on his shoulders here, but um, William, welcome to the show. Thanks for doing this with me. Yeah, of course. Thank you. I'm thrilled to be here and I'm really grateful uh, to be on today's show. Thank yeah. You. Yeah. No, same here. Same here. And it's just great. You know, as you know, uh, this is great talk therapy for, for, for people these days. Right. But, yeah. uh, but the, the most important thing is really, uh, I love origin stories and, and kind of, I'm sure you have an interesting one on kind of where you, where you got started and kind of where you're at. So maybe yeah. teleport us back, take us back and tell <laughs> you a little bit about what led you to become the person you are today. Yeah, of course. Of course. Um, for me, the idea of philanthropy and sort of that connection with population health and working with all that, uh, started fairly young, you know, for me, it's always been that connection to my community, how I can help, how I can benefit them. Um, even when I was in high school, I always, um, you know, did the different programs to be able to connect um, with maybe some of the less fortunate and underprivileged folks within the community. And, you know, whether it's soup kitchens or doing different things and going out and, you know, working with them, you know, just even then it was sort of instilled to me that, you know, we need to help everyone. We need to work with them. We need to bring up a community and through them, we can do that. Um, and then that, you know, went with me through college and that connection with still wanting to work with the community, still wanting to work with everyone um, within the college community, even reaching out. So I went to Appalachian State. And so I found the community there that I could help but through leadership opportunities and different um, pieces that connected with that. But really the thing that I don't know if you call it divine intervention or just pure silly luck is the opportunity to eventually work for Blackbaud, uh, which is the largest not-for-profit software company in the world. And uh, they happened to do a job fair and I got connected with them. And luckily for me, I was given the opportunity to work for them. So that really mirrored my passion of wanting to help the not-for-profit community and work with um, all different types of organizations. Um, my main focus there was healthcare. Um, with there from City of Hope working, um, Dignity Health was one of our clients, you know, Spectrum, there was more than a few hospitals, but it always sort of back to how do we work with them? How do we connect with them? Uh, mm. So I did that for a long while consulting. Uh, and then eventually one of the clients, Dignity Health, um, which then merged with CHI to form Common Spirit Health, brought me to where I am today with Common Spirit Health. And, you know, for me, the mission that really drove me to join the opportunity with Dignity and then Common Spirit Health is serving the underprivileged, underserved. Right. Um, it's really our passion, what drives us, um, what connects us to the communities we're in. It's not just going there and, you know, just being a hospital. It's more than, than doing those types of things. So it's, you know, really drives me to continue to want to innovate and help all of them and help mm -hmm. the communities that we're in. I love it. I love it, William. Now, I appreciate your background. I appreciate where you've been and, and, and you're, you bring a really great perspective, obviously, to this, this industry. Um, for, for, a, uh, for a lot of our listeners, uh, philanthropy and hospitals, uh, and obviously Common Spirit has a tremendous uh, mission and, and vision in this space, 
But uh, maybe for our listeners, can you talk a little bit about why philanthropy and hospitals and hospital systems like that's a, a that that makes sense and and you know what should be our mental model for thinking about that space? Um, you know the, why the intersection of you know philanthropy, hospitals, and innovation is is important. Yeah, I, I mean I find it incredibly important and important because. More than ever, our hospital strains, especially during the times that we are now, are resource scarce for everything going on. And philanthropy is that opportunity to really dive in and build up and help the local hospitals in a whole multitude of different ways, Um, whether it's building a new cardiac program. So, for instance, one of our hospitals had an anonymous $10 million gift to be able to expand and to build up the cardiology department to continue to serve uh, the local community within there, which is just an incredible uh, situation that happened there. And it's just, it's nice to have those types of things. Um, Mm -hmm. But it really is when you think philanthropy and you think hospitals, it's just like, you know, it gives us that passion to take what a donor could be grateful for or gratitude, or, you know, you had a really great experience and building that up and saying, hey, you know, we want to help you reciprocate to the hospital that was able to help bring someone well, or, you know, depending on the outcome or anything that could happen, it's like, how do we help you help build up and help continue to grow um, the hospital? And it is really just that mirroring of the ability to be like, there's a need within the hospital and there's a need for gratitude and being grateful and helping, you know, more than just the instance of you giving, it helps further down and further folks as they go. And it's, it's very healing for folks to be able to, to give back, as I think uh, many of us are starting to realize that, you know, there's more than just the, I give, and then it sort of tailors off. It's that residual feeling and giving and growing that feeling and helping more than just yourself and your family. It's helping the community. It's building that up. And philanthropy, um, with the help of the hospital and really technology now is how do we help people see the intersection of their passion? What are they have that they want to help? What, what, is, what can help them feel grateful in their life? Um, NICU, is it, you know, babies? Is it cardiology? Is it, we have barrow neurological, is it neurological things? Because all of us unfortunately have family members who have maybe touched a disease or different things that sort of connects them back to how we can all be interconnected with, you know, different systems within the hospital back to sort of the health of the community. Wow, I love it, William. No, thank you for setting that ground that that groundwork for uh, for understanding philanthropy in the hospitals and why that makes sense and why that's you know an important sustainable process. And and you guys are just doing a tremendous job. And along those lines, I, I guess in this current environment or just in the present, um, you're bringing this interesting perspective of uh, of, of systems thinking, IT innovation to yep. support these processes. And so maybe you can tell me a little bit about what has you passionate today about what you're seeing out in the market or seeing in where you're at. Um, it doesn't necessarily need to be a day in the life of what you're doing, but we'd love just to hear about your passions and, and, and what has you excited in this intersection. Yeah, so I think more than ever, it's, it's now people realizing doing gifting kinds. So it's whether it's bringing in 95 masks and, and those, and it's looking at the new donors. And for us, you know, we're having an influx of people who want to give, who are now passionate about the hospital and it's taking all the aggregate data that we have across the system and looking at it and analyzing it. And I think a lot of people hear the phrase machine learning, AI, all those different things. And it's, uh, I think a lot of people 
view the hospital space as sort of lagging when it comes to that. And for philanthropy and for us, it's trying to get ahead of the curve and trying to understand. So it's looking at all the data points that we have on the people who are giving and it's the why. What drove them to do it? Was it just COVID or was it just the catalyst to get them to give? And what was their thinking and how can we sort of continue to build the relationship? Because philanthropy is all about those relationships. We don't want just the one-time gift. We want to, to work with you to um, continue to build up um, the relationship and how, you know, how do we get you to go from that one time to that recurring to possibly that major gift to continue just beyond the one twosies to, to really continue to grow and develop um, and to work with your network to, to continue to build the relationship with it, uh, within it. So for us and for me right now, it's a lot of time spent looking at what are our donors, who is this new breadth of donors? And for us, every type of donor, and there's waves from the baby boomers like to be communicated one way to the Gen X, to all those different segments of people, all want to be touched in a different way. It could be a peer-to-peer, so like a race and fundraising where, you know, you have a team of folks, I'm sure uh, a lot of us have seen where it's like, I'm going to run for a cure and I'm going to get all my friends to join. It's like, all right, so that's what a segment of the population that's interested in that type of technology. Mm-hmm. Um, then we may have a totally separate uh, group of tech, uh, a segment of folks that just want to be communicated maybe through te- uh, text messages. Like right. they don't want snail mail. They don't want emails. They just want, hey, we have this cause. Can you capture their, their interest in just a few phrases or maybe get them to come to an event? You know, those different types of things. So it's really how do we segment out the different populations to understand them, to get them to want to give? Nice, nice. No, I love it. I love it. And, and yeah, it's, it's, it's bringing kind of a modern thinking, but kind of the tr- traditional mindset, right? It's like everything's a story. And if you can understand what's happened historically, you can kind of um, design, or design the future a little bit. And obviously, it's like right message to the right person, right time. And so you're bringing really interesting science and kind of a good marketing approach um, and, and messaging approach to this world. Uh, William, um, if, you know, for some of our listeners that are like executives at hospitals that run philanthropy, you know, areas in, in different cities around the, the country or even around the world, um, yeah. I'm kind of curious, like what would, you know, the, the, the best practices according to, to William, right? Like what, what are the top three things uh, for a hospital CEO or hospital system CEO to think about when they think about their philanthropy area? Like what are the, the three drivers that you think are in place? And so um, yeah. if you were transplanted and helping that person, um, you know, get the philanthropy unit, you know, up to, up to speed in a modern sense, what are, what are three things or best practices that you would want to ensure are in place? Yeah, I mean, the most critical thing is understanding having philanthropy at the table and being able to have those conversations mm. with the executive leadership because mm-hmm. we're such an important part of the equation. I think um, AHP, which is the Association of Healthcare Philanthropy, sort of gives this model and understanding that for every dollar philanthropy, or say $100, you know, it may cost $10 to, to raise that funds, but then you have $90 that's, you know, pure profit essentially for the organization and sort of understanding the math that philanthropy can do to be able to leverage and help the organization. But beyond being at the table is also understanding what are your needs? Mm. What does the hospital need in terms of being able to help. Because one of the things philanthropy really needs is what, what are your challenges? Do you need X? Let us help you. Are you trying to build a new building? Great, fantastic. Let us help you be able to do that and secure the funds and do all those types of things. So it's important to be at the table. 
It's important to understand what are the needs of your organization, where are you going? And then it's understanding and mapping out the sort of board and outreach of the executive team, sort of connecting them and rooting them in philanthropy and why they're important and how they can help spread the message um, to not only their peers, but to the community of how coming together can lift up and build out what's going on and how we are able to help. Um, but, you know, with those sort of culminating together, if I think and put on my technology hat, right. it's always, you know, bad data in, bad data out. If you aren't looking at your data and constantly trying to make sure you understand what's in it, you can't do much with it, especially from an analytics perspective. I mean, mm -hmm. it's really going in and understanding it. Um, if you're a federated system, so we're federated, so we are a site-based organization for us. Uh, one of the critical things is having one central database, one central <laughs> CRM for us to have everything together to analyze it on a global perspective. Mm. Uh, one of the challenges we've had in the past is we were federated with federated systems. So it's a lot of time trying to analyze each individual one. So you can't standardize, you can't um, have best practices throughout because every single person may hear what you're saying or spreading the message a little bit differently. So it takes a lot of time to get one group of people thinking the same way if you're all broken apart using different systems. So wow, um, sort of different pieces to the puzzle that you end up needing to focus on. Wow, no, thank, thank you so much. I think that serves as a, as a really great um, kind of roadmap and, and kind of like, you know, guiding light for, for philanthropy and thinking about it in the modern sense. You know, if I'm hearing correct, right, it's about, you know, having the conversation and vision, mission, you know, front and center, knowing your data, understanding your data, centralizing it, having a focus on it, having a, a pers the financial perspective of it from an ROI perspective for the hospital. And then if I'm hearing it right, it's also, you know, making it, you know, giving it oxygen to the needs and aligning it appropriately and, and making sure that all of those pieces are, are really front and center at, at, at the table. Um, and, and so William, so thank you for that, that perspective. And, and so um, along those lines, um, I can imagine philanthropy, you know, with these best practices getting in place for, common spirit and for other organizations out there, it's, it's going to serve as a, an interesting future uh, in this space and helping hospitals fill the gaps, you know, especially with what's going on right now in the world. Um, you know, what happens here in this world in philanthropy, kind of, you know, is going to really set the tone and either, either help or hurt uh, yeah. a hospital the next, you know, 18 months, which is going to be, you know, it's a little dicey of, of, of what, what, what could happen in different departments and hospitals based on the influx and in and out. Tell me a little bit about the future, what you see happening in the future, what has you passionate about the future, or tell me a little bit about, you know, the future of health and innovation, um, maybe in this space and beyond the space, the, the way that you see it happening and unfolding. So at least for the not-for-profit world, I think one of the great things that sort of culminates and really showcases who we are um, as a not-for-profit space is the willing to collaborate and connect. Mm. Um, more so than I've seen in a lot of different um, spaces because it benefits one, it benefits all, and we're willing to share and contact and collaborate more than any, anyone I've seen really out, um, uh, outside the not-for-profit. Um, what do I mean by that? For us, it's sharing best practices, it's sharing customizations if we're using sing, uh, similar systems. It's you know, really pulling the, the thought leaders across the not-for-profit and the hospital space and seeing trends together and sort of thinking through the opportunities um, how do we work together and how do we look at it differently? We always have to think mm -hmm. differently uh, from a philanthropy standpoint because everything changes 
and we have to react to trends. We have to react to what's going on in the market um, when it comes to those things. Um, I really see a big space, especially in the hospital and um, in the technology space. It, it is, it is back to the data. It is back to how do we take the information because we have so much um, data about our donors, like mm -hmm. and just the trends that they give and the segmentations and the way in which and the why. And I think the, the, the way in which philanthropy and the way in which everyone will end up moving is using machine learning to get a better understanding to meet the passion that someone has with the mm -hmm. desire to give and connecting those together. Because nice. at the end of the day, that's really what we want to do. It's your passion and it's the opportunity to give and connecting those really builds um, you know, the right combination. And you know, seeing the technology being able to help that and to be able to, to, to work together to get people to feel that way about it. Um, and you know, it also gives you the opportunity to look outside your community and you know, bring in other donors you know, who maybe aren't right in your back door that can see what you're doing and understand um, you know, that there's more to, to giving than just um, what maybe where they are. And that, you know, for instance, neurological, uh, Barrow Neurological does a lot um, with brain injuries and tumors uh -huh. and different things and sort of connecting people back to that and explaining how their donations can help and where they can make a difference. And again, that passion um, for the organization really can grow it out. So it's, you know, using those technologies to reach those new segments. Um, and even, you know, you think about that and that's, it's great, but it's always, what is the next thing um, to really connect people? Um, you know, right now, a lot of peer-to-peer -peer was really warm, really hot, and everyone was really, you know, thinking about it. And now it's, how do we do virtual events? How do we connect to you? Right. Similar as we're doing right now with Zoom, how do we make that the same experience when we're not together? Right. And for events and all of that, and you're seeing a real transformation with technology and being able to make those connections, whether it's online auctions or it's, you know, having a room where you just get everyone together and just have that connection where you bring it there and just talk for a while while highlighting some of the work that you're doing as an organization. Um, so I think we'll see a lot of new and unique things as uh, COVID develops and grows and way of having virtual communications from a philanthropy standpoint, because it's a whole new area for us, because um, it isn't something traditionally philanthropy has ever done. So it's right. a neat learning experience. Yeah, no, it's 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 uh, it's interesting to hear, uh, you know, how the space has to evolve and adapt. And and it sounds like you guys are doing a great job, you know, doing it and um, you know bringing it to the virtual world. I think is is extremely important, and it's just fascinating just to hear the efforts and passion that you guys have you know, around the space. And so it's, it's, it's super fascinating, uh, William. Um, so thank you for laying that out. And so, so a couple of things, uh, my very last question for you. Um, and, and first of all, thank you so much for, you know, telling us a little bit about your story, your yep. origin story, uh, what you're passionate about uh, in this space, and then the future of philanthropy and health and innovation, this intersection, especially yep. during this interesting time in this world. Uh, very last question for you is if our listeners would like to get in touch with you or say hi, um, yeah. whether it's through LinkedIn what, or, you know, whatnot, what's a good way to do so, William? Probably the best way to get to, uh, to me would probably be my email, william.curtis at commonspirit.org would be the best way to be able to reach out to me uh, and connect. And I'm happy uh, to have emails and talk to folks all about different things. That's one of my passions is talking to folks and sharing sort of what we're doing and why we're doing it and thinking through things. 
Super, super. Fantastic, uh, William. Really appreciate it. Um, thank you so much for being on our show. Love to have you back as things progress and this world is evolving and changing. You know, such a, um, you know, we don't have enough thought leadership in philanthropy and hospital systems, you know, and, and so thank you for sharing this interesting intersection with what, what the hospitals are doing with, with what you're doing. And uh, to our listeners out there, this is the Pop Health Show. The show is for anyone that has a super strong passion for making people healthier in this world. William, again, thank you so much. This was great. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Thank you.